Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Backchat. With me, Claire Musimo. And me, Susie Coulson. This is our weekly sister show to The Backstory. This week, we're talking about Ali Gold's A Life Less Ordinary, part two. Yes, so last week on Backchat, we did the brave thing of attempting a quick version of the podcast. But this week, I think that is beyond us. Safe to say, Ali Gold's has had a hell of a backstory from a difficult childhood, two kids, very young, an affair and a breakup from marriage number one. And then she met her husband number two and had child number three, Connor. Right. Okay. So you're basically telling her whole backstory again. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So so, I can't resist. (laughs) So in episode one, just to kind of recap a little bit, we hear about Ali's adult life and the breakdown of her relationships. And that leads to her getting in touch with the Women's Refuge. And then in this episode, episode two, you take us back to her childhood and to the abuse that she experienced then, yeah? Yes. So it sounds like she had a horribly frightening experience with her grandfather when she was very young. Um, We don't go into details, but Ali remembers an episode of sexual abuse, which was dealt with in quite a confusing way. Yeah, that was odd, wasn't it? Because her grandmother came in and then sent the grandfather to his room and then took Ali out and bought her a doll. That was quite that really struck me that section yeah so when she was given the doll she interpreted it as a kind of bribe I think okay and she had a really strong reaction to that yeah um and then later on her mum kind of changed from what Ali remembers as this kind of kind woman to something of a well I don't want to say monster but like just very different um and what did you what did you make of that Susie yeah that was unusual um I don't know whether it was the new partner that made her change, but, you know, I was very struck by how Ali described her mum in this almost kind of idealistic way. And then she reported such a stark change when she met this new man. Um, Kind of made me wonder about her mum's way of working and whether she felt that she needed to put this man's needs before those of her children, whether that was kind of her way of managing in relationships, you know, to become kind of subservient almost um and was that behavior that Ali then learned yeah the mother identified Ali as being like her dad I don't know he he wasn't very popular in her in the mother's mind I'm presuming so maybe Ali was kind of grouped 
with him in her mind. She, the other thing that she said was that there was like no reaction, interaction as a family. She said that they were brought up in a family environment, but she felt like they were brought up individually. Okay. Um, I didn't, I, you know, I couldn't be sure what she meant by this, but I was sort of presuming that they didn't kind of go out for family meals, holidays, like you know, really feel that kind of family feeling. Yeah, sort of thing. or that thing that we've spoken about before, maybe that, you know, you can grow up in a family, um, but each member of that family has a massively different experience because they've all kind of got that, they've got their set role in the family, haven't they? And I wonder what Ali's role was in her family. Yeah, and she spoke about how she's sort of emotionally open and warm, which is, you know, certainly true. And that perhaps wasn't a good fit with the rest of the family that she sort of described them as cold and unemotional. Um, and the other thing that I thought was sort of striking is that um, I think you you know you can stereotype children Definitely. and all sorts of people do it. Like they kind of go, oh yeah, oh well yeah, little Johnny, he's the clever they're one. They're the that he? one, and they're yeah. the that one. Oh, he's yeah. the sporty one. Yes, and it kind of rules out like the other kids from ever sort of taking that territory. Absolutely, and I, I, think, I find it quite frustrating when people do it to my children because I sort of think, well, let's not say too soon. They're only two and five. Like you know, <laughs> um, like you know, let's not it's rule not one of them, them out. for all eternity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, so, so does that explain why when I get together with my parents, I turn into a really grumpy 14-year-old, basically? I just regress to that, that I don't know. That's what they're expecting. Yeah, so that's here what I they're am. expecting. Yeah. So. <laughs> I won't change in your eyes. Yeah, it's very true. And I mean, I don't know what Ali was, but I think she wanted, you know, she was kind of the bookish. She enjoyed reading and... And then her mum, like, I don't think this is in the podcast, but her mum threw away, like, all her writing that she'd done. Oh, um, and whether she was sort of just trying to stop her from, you know, being academic or being kind of, like, you know, enjoying school, I don't know. Mm. But certainly, like, from what Ali said, that um, I think that was something that she really wanted to pursue. And mm. I think it's something that's sort of one of her sort of sadnesses of her childhood is mm. that she didn't really get that chance to do that kind of thing so um yeah I don't know what stereotype her mum had her down as but it wasn't it wasn't the clever one so bear with me because I'm going to go in for another recap so Ali's daughter had left with Ali's second husband who's Connor's dad and they were living together but they were kind of denying that it was a relationship weren't they and then yeah. Um, Ali basically finds out that her daughter is pregnant so it is definitely a relationship yeah that was a shock when she told me that and of course um, she did that thing of just like dropping it into a conversation as it's the most normal thing which mm. you know I totally get but um, yeah I think it was really hard for Connor as well because he doesn't know whether to think of that baby as his well small child now as his niece or his sister Oh God, um, yeah. not that he's ever met her um and it was strange seeing the picture of in Ali's hall like you know just a member of the family but she's never met them either um it's just a photo of Twitter yeah I'm sure that this happens so much families that have split up and then people like living off the scraps of information that they can find on social media yeah I think people definitely do that and I know that it's one of the things with children who are adopted that you have to be particularly careful yeah. not to put them on social media because you know obviously their birth family might be will always be on the yeah account, probably absolutely yeah. yeah so looking to the future where do you think Ali's at at the moment do you think she'd like to meet someone I think yeah she would really like to meet someone um I think she's pretty nervous about that um obviously yeah if you've listened to the podcast you know why yeah. um but um 
but yeah, I, I mean, her sons are very um, funny on that. They're kind of like, yeah, you know, they have to come past us first. In the okay. Future. Like they're like kind of the heavies on the uh, on the door because they um, they don't they want to make sure she doesn't make any more mistakes. That's but, very endearing. I yeah. liked the bit where she talked about. You know, how do you bring up, if you've got a backstory like hers, how do you bring that up when you're dating? You know, she talks about not just being an episode of Jeremy Kyle, but a whole series. And, you know, at what point do you bring that up in conversation? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that until she said it. And then I was like, yeah, it is tricky, isn't it? And um, I mean, I had a slight experience of that because when I was dating in London, uh, there was always the question of like, oh, you know, how how many siblings have you got? Have you got like brother and sister or whatever? And because I had lost my brother, um, it was always kind of like, ah, yes, now it's going to be awkward because they obviously then feel a bit awkward. And mm. blah, blah, blah. Um, so actually when my husband met me, um, we were sort of set up by friends. Okay. And, um, and, he, and so we'd been kind of like emailing each other. Mm. And one of my friend, one of his friends, um, said to him, "Oh, have you, you know, have you stalked her on social media?" Oh my Bring god! That <laughs> okay. And uh, and he was like, "No, no, uh, he's not really like that into social media." No. And uh, and they were like, "Oh, you should have a look. You should have a look. Like, you know, just have a look online. Like, put her. You know, have you googled her?" And so then he had to like Google me and da, da, da. and of course he found out that my brother had been killed because it okay. was quite a big news at the time. And so he was like, oh, oh, right, you know, and, and sort of obviously he found out this big piece of news. And I think he must have then thought, oh, what am I going to do with that bit of news? Because yeah. actually it's quite difficult then, isn't it? Because you know something, you know. but you're not kind of meant yeah. to know in a way. But anyway, so um, I hats off to him. Like in the first five minutes of meeting him, we were like, literally, I can still remember walking up the road from Labrook Grove Station. And, and he said to me, oh, I have to be really honest with you here. Like um, some close friends of mine told me that I should like Google you. Mm. And of course I found out about your brother and like how he'd been killed in those terrorist bombings. And I just wanted to say, you know, how terribly sorry I was. And it was oh, brilliant. Because actually wow. it was kind of like, a, okay, it's yeah. out there. I don't have to go through my backstory. Like, you know. God, good for him. That's a kind of, that's a brave move, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and, uh, and that was one of those things that I always kind of think about. I thought about after. It's like, yeah, that was cool that he did that. Yeah. Like, yeah. He had balls. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, that's a, that's a that brilliant way of doing it. made it a lot it. easier. Yeah. So, oh, well done, um, Patrick. yeah, so well done. Okay. So here's our regular slot where we recommend a podcast that we've been listening to. So Claire, what is it this week? Well, staying on the dating theme. Okay. Um, swipe left, swipe left. Okay. Have you heard it? No, I haven't. Tell okay, me Okay, so it's really cool. It's basically, um, it's just stories of people's dates, but mostly oh, ones that have gone wrong. Brilliant. Um, but it's done with, you know, real kind of, kind of comedy moments. And okay. it's all those sort of you know, when you, your friends are dating and they're telling you these hilarious stories, it's, it's those. But they have found some really good ones. And are they, is it sort of mixed age group or is it mainly younger people? Um, the ones I've heard have been reasonably young people. Yeah. Um, but I haven't certainly haven't listened to the whole back catalogue. So, okay. um, But yeah, the one that I listened to recently was about a guy who'd been on a date with this um, woman who is, and he was sort of like middle ground politics kind of thing turned out that she was like this staunch conservative and 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 so wanted to call him like this like bloody lefty the whole time sort oh of thing God. like and he was just sort of like I don't know I'm more like middle ground kind of thing anyway the whole like date kind of spirals into sort of almost a fight with like somebody with a homeless person it's, it is it is oh very funny <laughs> so I can recommend it <laughs> okay I'll have a listen so our final um, section is what have we learned from this episode? So Susie, um, what have you learned from Ali Gold's uh, Life Less Ordinary? Sort of going back to quite early on that 
that thing about whether you can remember actual events through hypnotherapy. I mean, Ali clearly feels that that she did. I think memory is such an interesting area, but, you know, there's real controversy over this, yeah, isn't definitely. there? So we'd love to hear from anyone who has either discovered something through hypnotherapy that turns out to be true, or maybe if you remembered something and it turns out not to be true, that would be equally fascinating to hear about. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Um, I think the second thing is just that reminder that the messages that we get as children are very much taken to heart. You know, Ali was told that she wasn't bright and clearly this was something that really stayed with her. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because she set up a project which works with girls and young women and it's all about helping them to realise their potential. Yeah. Um, and it's clearly something that she feels really strongly and like um, early on felt that she hadn't really realised her potential. Yes, yeah. Finally, that the Backstory podcast can be used as an aid to dating because yeah. uh, basically if Ali wants to go on a date, she could just direct somebody to the podcast and then she doesn't have to have that yeah, difficult conversation like, If you're still interested, I've listened to this, <laughs> get back to me. <laughs> yeah, so maybe that's what we should all do. Just make a podcast about your backstory, job done. And yeah. Then, yeah. You don't have to have those slightly awkward conversations. Yeah, maybe this is like a future kind of uh, business for us I think we'll make, so yeah we'll make people, like you want to you want to tell your date the whole backstory in one go yeah my god thanks so much for listening please do share and recommend this two-parter if you found it interesting stick it on your Facebook page with a ringing endorsement and see it as payment for all our hard work this is the end of season two but we're currently working hard on season three and we'll be back with that in less than a month's time so make sure you keep us in your library and we look forward to bringing you a whole new set of backstories we are the backstory podcast on facebook and instagram at the backstory pod on twitter so for season two this is over and out bye 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 Thanks again to our sponsor, James, from 16 Degrees Coaching. Don't let your backstory define your future. Email him, james at 16degreescoaching.co.uk. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.